Want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form The Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Five Aussie teams, one vision. The Super Rugby Crown. Get behind your state. It's rugby supercharged. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Squires. Yes, hello and welcome to the Ruck, the most attractive formation any group of humans can actually get together and form. And today, I'm very thrilled. Back in the studio with us, Timmy Horan wasn't there last week, recovering from injury after that Legends game. Timmy, welcome back, buddy. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, good to be back, mate. Some uh, amazing scores overnight, which I'm sure we'll touch on. Some upsets. There were some terrific scores, actually. We're going to get to all of those, including the Force. 27, knocking over the Lions. 15, Matty Burke is here as ever after sleeping in the car park once more. <laughs> last time. Is it the last sleeping? La- last sleeping. Yeah, last Darrow sleep for you? <laughs> exactly right. What, why do you Darrow sleep? Just explain to those who may be yes. listening for the first time. Uh, a bit of Six Nations happening overnight, mm-hmm. ESPN, and uh, and we did some stuff there. We call all the games. They just finished then. Yeah. Uh, France beat Wales 28-9. So um, England win the whole thing. Yeah. But they lost to Ireland as well. Ireland played magnificently. Tonight. Well, St. Patrick's Day well, over the weekend. I'm surprised I actually turned up. Yeah. <laughs> the players, that is. That's right. It could have been still going. We have so much to get into today and only now to share with you to talk rugby and so much more. But I just, look, I just want to uh, pick your brains, you two, just very, very briefly. And it's not specifically rugby, but you've both played elite sports, uh, you know, for a long time at the top level. Ricky Ponting, the dummy fit. Now, for those who've just woken up, by the way, that we did get rolled by Pakistan overnight in the first World Cup uh, loss from 34 games for Australia. Ricky Ponting goes for a catch under a high ball, runs into, well, Steve Smith runs in him, a young kid, and the dummy spit by the Australian captain. What were your thoughts when Ricky did this, Timmy? Well, I think it, it, it tends to happen when you're under pressure and you're a leader and you're a captain. And uh, it, it's, it's interesting to see. I, mean, I had Nick Farr Jones, who was my captain in the mm-hmm. Wallabies very early on. And it was my second test match. We were playing France in Strasbourg. And he launched into me after I sort of late tackled Serge Blanco, who was the fullback. And, yeah. and the eyes and the verbal um, spray that I got from Nick Farr Jones. But I think that just comes with the territory. It comes with the pressure of the leader. And, and Ricky Ponning's under enormous pressure back home here in Australia to perform well. You sometimes don't have to say anything, do you? It's just a look. Greg used to, Griggs, I should say, used to have the, the look. And he used to just throw it at you. And you go, yeah, okay, I did something wrong then. I won't do it again. So, Georgie Grigg and yeah. no hair, the world's angriest underarm deodorant. Roll on. There he was. <laughs> Found them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. At The Ruck Show. Cheetahs 23, the Waratahs 3. What a turn up. Just reading some of the uh, the stuff this morning, both online and the papers, the fans absolutely giving it to the Waratahs. Uh, I didn't mind the Telegraph's uh, opening paragraph. Some walked out, others stayed to the end so they could boo their own players. Uh, it's not a good look, but it's certainly what it seems. Uh, the crowd wanted to. They paid their money. They wanted to give the, uh, the old Blues, the Waratahs, a bit of a heckle. What did you make of it, Berkey? Oh, do you know, Tony, it's, it's the first time I've heard it in Sydney. Uh, you, you, you always, if there's a poor performance by the Waratahs, you always hear rumblings, and, and Sydney's a tough crowd to, to win, basically, um, or win over, I should say. But last night, it was, it, was, you know, it was quite humiliating, I suppose, in the fact that, one, they played badly, you know, and, and the, the players don't need to be told they played badly they, they, yep. they know but then to get the booze and the rest of it and then mm. you know you've got to you've got to do the walk of the shame walk of shame up the tunnel there yep. and, and it's it's quite it's not it's not nice to be on the receiving end of that you know no doubt about it they know they played badly but you know you get your right 
I don't know. Yeah, Burgi, they, they, look, they, they looked like they were complacent, didn't they? I mean, the first 10 minutes, it looked like the Waratahs were really going to put some points on, and then all of a sudden, they just sort of fell back. You know, it was slippery conditions as well, and, and the Cheetahs took their chances. But that's that's quite embarrassing as a team to get booed by your home crowd. Yes, there's a lot of um, pressure on the on the Waratahs in Sydney. There always has been playing at home, and the expectations that the rugby public have in New South Wales. But I think mentally, they, they were probably going into the game complacent, and, you know, losing a couple of key players, Wycliffe. Parley, but that's a massive loss and one that could really cost them towards the back end of this Super Rugby competition. Oh, big time. Timmy, I was going to ask you a question. You're playing the last place team, so to speak, who haven't won a game. I think it was their first game they've won in five or six years overseas or outside. Well, it's their South first Africa. win in Australasia. In Australasia. Yeah. Um, it's, not a, it's not a good stat to keep, but they, 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 were, they were pumped up. They were ready to go during the week. Is, is it a bit of sort of subconscious, uh, we'll get this, no worries, like as in we'll just turn up and play the game and we'll win? Oh, me- mentally they would have just thought, well, okay, we're probably going to put four or five uh, tries on these guys. And they would have earmarked this game to, for five points. So four mm. points for a win and also one, one extra point for four tries plus. So it's a big it's a big loss for the Waratahs and that, that'll really sting them, especially at home. I went to two lunches this week. One on Thursday, which was the HSBC Waratahs lunch. Ten years they've been sponsoring this team. And the Waratahs were all pumped and ready, it would seem. Or very, perhaps maybe too confident. Friday, it was, a, it was a lunch, another rugby lunch, and there was Oz Durant, of course, who is the classic... The, the he would have had four lunches in but, one city. <laughs> correct. How big a unit is he? He, of course, is now the forwards uh, coach. For, He's about 140 kg. Mate, and he was talking, and talking about <laughs> confidence, he was talking about his, these two props who together have a combined weight of just a notch under 250 kilograms. This is without your hooker. Yeah, one of the props is 121 kg, the other props 127 yeah. kg. So they were certainly going to get some uh, weight in the scrum. But, yeah, that's that's a massive loss for the Waratahs. They'll have to rebuild, but um, the Queensland Reds play the Cheetahs next Saturday afternoon in Brisbane, so they'll uh, they'll certainly be switched on for that one now. Just back on Oz Durant, do you remember in the 99 World Cup, Timmy, they were doing sort of a, a few sort of interviews around that semi-final when we played South Africa, and Oz um, uh, Durant predicted blood. And then um, when they went across to Dick, uh, Richard Harry, he's, he's going to be what he's going to be his counterpart. And Dickie's gone, I hope he's talking about his beef rare. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't, unfortunately. This is the ruck now. As we said, the Waratahs were booed. Uh, Berkey, I'm going to take you back next to a time when perhaps the Waratahs were also booed and you might have been wearing a blue jumper. <laughs> you want rugby? Listen to the ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. A show about rugby, put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. I don't think the Waratahs actually got out of their sports craft last night. <laughs> Didn't actually get into their gear uh, when they got beaten by the Cheetahs. Taboos from their home crowd. Uh, not a good sound to hear. Just give you, have just woken up and just joined us, uh, some of the results around the country and around the world rugby style on Friday. Of course, the Chiefs 15, the Sharks 9, the Rebels 53. Uh, Reds. W- Reds 53, sorry, beat the Rebels 3. Uh, we'll get to that one very shortly. We're going to speak with Anthony Fienga from the Reds. Highlanders uh, got done by the Crusaders, who continue to look incredibly strong, 44-13. The Blues over the Hurricanes, 41-17. And, of course, the Bulls uh, down. This is a bit of a a turnover, isn't it? The Storm is looking good this year. Mm. 23-13 over the the Bulls. And the Force, 27-15, beat the Lions overnight as well, which is a terrific result for the Western Force. That's how we're talking about the Waratahs and how they went uh, 23-3 down to the Cheetahs. Berkey. Do you remember a game, I don't know, it might have been 19-something, 
in 2000. When, when was this game? Crusaders playing yeah. a Waratahs. You were in a Waratahs jumper. The score was 96-19. Was well, one of your great days? One of my great days. We, we actually... Being beaten by 70-odd points, we nearly scored a bonus point as well. We scored three tries. We nearly got beaten by 70 and got a bonus point. Um, injury, what, a, what a day. Uh, we turned at 63-0 to them. We, we were the better team for the first 10 minutes. We were on fire. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it just it just went all down the toilet, unfortunately. I, see the re- I remember that game, Berkey, watching on telly. The referee called the game off six minutes early. He just felt sorry for you guys. Oh, <laughs> I didn't want the Crusaders to hit the 100. Do you know why? I, I hooked up with Gordon Tallis uh, a, bit, a bit after that. I remember uh, New South Wales beat Queensland at 40-odd. Girdler hit, uh, you know, 30-odd points or thereabouts. And he said, mate, did you just tell the guys, like, I was telling the guys, don't let them get to 20, don't let them get to 40, don't, don't 50, don't let them get to 50. He said, mate, that was me, except mine was 70, 80, 90, 100. 100. So it's like, 100. It was 63-0 at half time. Mm. So you come into the dressing room, was that the message from the coach, don't let them hit 100? Yeah. What can he possibly say at 63-0? The coach is Bobby Dwyer, mm-hmm. and uh, if I recall, I, it's sort of trying to etch it out of my memory now these days, and he said... I think the words were something like, we're still in this. So, <laughs> um, 63, if they get 63 in the first half, they could be, oh, they could be 120. Oh, no. Last night, Tim, and you mentioned it. It was pretty slippery conditions. Not great fun to play rugby. I was just wondering with you boys, did it change? It seems to me as kids, you want to go out and play in the rain, get wet. Now, look, I'm an old man. This morning, the idea of getting up and getting to the car in the rain <laughs> seemed a bridge too far. Did you like the idea of playing in those conditions? Well, I think mentally, once again, the Waratahs just didn't seem up for the games. But th- those conditions were fantastic. I mean, uh, in, in Queensland today, club rugby starts, so there'll be people driving their young kids to club rugby. And, you know, th- they love playing in, in wet weather. And, yep. and the kids, that's how you grow up in the backyard. You want to slip and slide. So, uh, But I tell you what, the Waratahs will be reeling from that, and that'll, that'll cost them going forward in this competition, not picking up four or potentially five easy points. Um, that's going to hurt them in the back end. The, th- the thing about it was, it, during the game, it was okay. There was no no real sign of rain. It, it, may, it may have had a spit in about the 75th minute. Um, but outside that, compared to the torrential stuff we've had in Sydney for the last sort of, you know, 24 hours, the game was actually okay. It, yeah. it, it was just, I don't know, it just wasn't turning up, unfortunately. Queensland Reds performed very well, as did Anthony Fayunga. We'll talk to him next. You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. It took a show about rugby to get Gordon Bray to listen to this station. Sensational effort! Nice to have you on board, Gordy. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. On Friday night, the uh, the Rebels, well, they ran into a very, very tough wall known as the Reds, 53-3. to Part of that wall, uh, of course, was Anthony Fayanga, who joins us right now. Anthony, congratulations. Big win. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a, it was a great win, and uh, it was a great team performance. So. Oh, Anthony, uh, Tim here, mate. It was certainly a, a good performance. I'm sure you and Mackenzie, the coach, would have been pretty pleased with the way that you finished the game. I had three tries in the first half and then also four tries in the second half. You, 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 there was a little bit of um, a slowness about your game probably just after half time, but you sort of came home strong. Yeah, that, that's something about um, bringing on a fresh branch. And, uh, fresh branch. and uh, I think that's probably look, one of our stronger points at the moment is our bench. And, uh, yeah, we've just got so much depth at the moment and it's just creating a, a great culture and um, great, uh, a, a healthy culture. What about Mike? What, what about Mike Harris? How how brilliant was he when he came off the bench? He first touch scored a try, and all of a sudden, a minute later, he got two tries in two minutes and set up the last try as well. Uh, it must be great to be able to have those sort of players come onto the field and uh, and support. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike's one of those guys who puts in every single training session. And, yeah, I mean, and due to his credit, he came on and, and scored two tries, set up the third try, um, and, yeah, and came off the bench and brought that extra spark. And, and same with Rudiki, Samo, and, and the Chipper Hansen. So they're just some of the things that you know, we're, we're lucky to have. So um, in previous years, we haven't had that depth. And uh, this year, we're really lucky to, to, to have that depth and, and to start to sort of hit our, hit our straps and start to play some good football. Well, and for those of our listeners who don't know, Mike Harris is uh, came from New Zealand, and he is eligible for the Wallabies if they're required. Because he has got a uh, Australian grandmother, so going going forward, he's he's obviously been very patient on the sideline this year. Yeah, that's right. So Mike came from New Zealand um, just as a junior as a junior signing for us. Uh, worked his way into the team, and uh, obviously on the bench, and eligible for the Wallabies in you know in two years, I think, or. Obviously, if his if his grandma's um, Australian, he's eligible this year for the World Cup. So, but mate, he's been very, very, very good for us, and uh, he can goal kick, he can do everything. So, not taking away from any anyone else on the team, but yeah, you know, it was a great team performance, and he came on and, and, and sparked it up. Anthony, you, you raised the bat for the fifty points, which is outstanding. But I think probably the most impressive thing for you guys and, and you take out of it is is giving no tries away. Some of them got close, but spilt it, unfortunately. But they got off to a three points, and then that was it for the rest of the game. Yeah, well, definitely. After giving 30 points away to, to the Waratahs, we, we really thought we had to uh, sort of lift our defence. And, and that's something we really worked hard on in the pre-season and, and in the start of January. So uh, we really wanted to knuckle down and, and work hard on our defence and just make sure that no one can sort of crack it. So, um, you know, we, we were lucky that we could keep them scoreless. Uh, we're very super hard at it, but um, we, got, we got the result that we wanted and we move on and we play the Cheetahs this week. Well, the Cheetahs, of course, coming off the back of the Waratahs, uh, them the beating Waratahs. Did you watch that? Were you happy? Were you, you know, enjoying the booing of the crowd in Sydney as the Waratahs came off? Oh, obviously being a Queensland, I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the fence. Timmy's cheering here at the moment. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but... It, you know, we want all the Australian teams to go well. Um, obviously, it was, it was a tough night for the Waratahs. The ball looks slippery, and I know, I know how, how they feel. Like, uh, the balls aren't the, the great, great thing at the moment. It just, just seems like uh, as soon as the ball gets wet, it's just like a cake of soap. But um, on the other end of that, like the, they just couldn't hold on to the ball, and uh, the Cheetahs played really well. They just defended well, and, and the mm. Waratahs couldn't get over the... couldn't get game line. So... Um, it was just one of those games where, you know, if you don't play well, you, you lose to a better, better team. So. Up until recently, there hadn't been as many tries in this uh, season they had last year, which is a little bit disappointing. But for one for for an outside eye, the Reds last year so entertaining. Is that part of what you want to do again? Obviously, you want to win every week, but the notion of playing good, entertaining, uh, running rugby is that part of the culture there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think for for this year, it's. Um, yeah, running rugby is definitely in our in our book, and that's something we can pull out whenever. Um, I, I think t- teams are taking us more seriously this year than they they did last year. Uh, previously, the year before that, we we come second last. So, um, you know, for us, it's just making sure that we build, and, and you know, we we have an A and B and 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 C plan to go to. So, um, it's just being able to work out what what game plan we want to go into the game with and, and go with that. Um, on the weekend, we sort of went with more of a running rugby, and, and it paid off for us. Um, uh, I, think, I think we might change it up. So, 
Yeah, I think Anthony, you're right. I think going forward, we were all everyone was sport. Australian rugby watchers were sport last year. The way the Reds performed and the way they played the game, expansive style of game. So you're right. They're expecting that every single game, but you've got to get some wins next to your game, for, uh, next to your team first to go forward. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, people only look at the results. Um, you, you look at the entertaining part of it after, um, but. You know, for us, it's just making sure that we just keep getting the results and keep working hard to, to maybe get a semi-final or grand final or you know, and just looking at that next game. So for us, it's just keeping sure we, we, we get the wins on the board, especially get coming to a South African trip and then having nine games straight. So um, coming off a bye, it was good to get, a, get, our, get our nine games on a good start with uh, the Rebels. So it was, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Anthony, quick one. Your brother plays in the team as well. Say, uh, say, I should say. Um, quick one. Who, who won at the at the dinner table? You or him? I'm th- I'm thinking him. That's why you end up in the front row. Uh, you're correct. <laughs> in the most polite I way. I'm, I win at everything else, but at the dinner table, he, he kind of wins. Yeah. <laughs> as, you, as you can see, he kind of cooks all the food and all the rest of it. So. He, he eats while eating, and then when we sit at the dinner table, still steals my food. So that's why he's 20 kilos heavier than me. <laughs> Anthony Fangas, so nice to talk to you. Congratulations on the season so far. Speak again soon, mate. Excellent. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You want rugby? Listen to The Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Two international players. He's got it! Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Looking for support. And then there's the ring-in, Tony Squires, The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Everybody knows that the Waratahs play in Sydney, the New South Wales team. You know that the Queensland Reds are there in Brisbane. You've got a fair idea that the, uh, the Brumbies uh, from Canberra, that the Western Forces from Perth, where the hell are the cheetahs from? Well, look, if you're listening wondering, I can tell you right now. Thank you. They're from Bloemfontein, beautiful Bloemfontein, the capital city of the Free State Province of South Africa. It's a judicial capital of the nation, one of South Africa's three national capitals, popularly and poetically known as the City of Roses. Now, isn't that nice? Oh, the City lovely, of Roses, Bloemfontein. I've been to Bloemfontein a couple of times. Is it a nice place? Yeah, it's lovely. The, the best part about it is, is the airport getting out of there. There's not much there, <laughs> but uh, we played a few games there, but I tell you what, it's the middle of nowhere. Do you, do you remember the, the tourist attraction in Bloemfontein mm-hmm. is actually a hole in the ground? What do you mean? Were they building something? Or? No, I don't think so. It's just a hole in the ground, and that's the tourist attraction. So, <laughs> like Springfield and the Simpsons, where's the burning tires? That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go have a look at the hole in the ground. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant, Bloemfontein. All right, so uh, we're what? Where are we? Five weeks into the Super Rugby season. At the beginning of the outside of this program, the outside of the season, we talked about how important it was and what an opportunity it was. We also talked about the conference system and and how that would help, perhaps. Uh, I'm just interested to know where you feel the Australian franchises are placed just five weeks in. Uh, Timmy? Well, I think uh, certainly the Reds are staying to sort of perform now. They, they were a bit slow out of the blocks. They've won three from four now, so they'll be one of the front runners. The, the Waratahs, Berkey, they've sort of had a few hiccups the last couple of weeks, though. They have indeed. They got off to a great start against the Rebels. Uh, they, they continued the, the form. Um, Cheetahs, uh, sorry, should I say the Cheetahs and then the Crusaders two weeks ago, that were, that were big wake-up calls. Uh, and, and for them, it's going to be a, a bit of a, a rethink for the time being. Let's have a look at the next sort of, say, four or five games and, and plan our, our our strategy going forward. Because as you said before, Timmy, they would have taken this game last night as a five-pointer and let's move on. 
Well, I think also that then you look at the Brumbies, where the Brumbies are at. They, they've sacked their coach two weeks ago, Andy, Andy Friend. So um, they're in a bit of disarray at the moment. They need to be able to kick back. The Rebels at home, they look solid away from home. They're really struggling. The Force, I like the look of the Force. It's a, it's a yep. big win over the Lions uh, last night, 27-15. Um, to be able to win away from home in South Africa, in Johannesburg, That's uh, that'll sort of set them straight. Now, they had a, a good performance against the Blues last weekend as a draw. So Richard Graham, their coach, has just got them sort of stone to fire. Now. When you talk about the, the Rebels, obviously it's difficult as a, a start-up franchise, and one of the, the great difficulties is always going to be depth, isn't it? So as soon as you get a few injuries, suddenly you're going to be shown up. Well, and, I think, Berkey, and you, you'd agree that, that when it's a start-up team, you need depth. In this competition, you see the Queensland Reds have got it. They brought their seven reserves on uh, on Friday night. The Waratahs have got depth as well. So the Brumbies have a bit of depth, but the Rebels, outside of probably 18 to 19 players, they're going to struggle. But even even as we've spoken, I've mean, heard the guys from uh, down in Melbourne, Sterling Morlock mentioned the other day about the the group that's coming together. It's, it's from all over the shop, and... You, you're not knowing them all that well. So when, when you are under pressure, you go quiet in defence. And not, not to say that uh, you don't communicate, but there's a, just a little bit of lack of on the way through rather than sort of sparking up and telling your mate where to go. You know, have they reached that sort of mateship, so to speak, yep, at the moment? Yep. Okay, benchmark, is it the Crusaders? Oh, for sure. The way, the way they're playing. I mean, Sonny, Sonny Bill Williams is uh, in a superb form. Robbie Fruin. And you've got Daniel Carter. But you've also got their captain, you know, to come back as well. Richie McCaw hasn't played yet. Mm. So, um, you know, they, they thrashed um, the Highlanders on the weekend, you know, 44-13 in Dunedin. So away from home. So they are the benchmark. You would have thought the Sharks also from South Africa, the benchmark as well. In South Africa, the two two teams, the Stormers and the Bulls. I mean, the Stormers beat yeah. the Bulls away at, in Pretoria. So um, they'll be pretty close to that conference. I, th- I think those Crusaders, uh, guys, uh, Timmy, uh, you know, you've played in some fair teams in your, in your time. You don't have to do it all yourself. They've got so many players yeah. around the park to say, hey, you take this one and give me a sort of short ball out the back and I'll score this one and, and then you can kick this ball 60 and fine touch and the rest of it. They've got the players. Just from my own knowledge, uh, Timmy, you, uh, Queensland, have played a lot of times in that jersey. When did the Queensland jersey go from maroon to red? <laughs> I think in the wash. I think that's uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that's uh, probably over the years. I think when you know it was the the Queensland. We were had a, had a koala for for an emblem in the mm-hmm. early eighties. So I think in that's time fearsome, when, isn't it? We are, yeah, we we scared a few teams there. <laughs> but so, certainly when Super Rugby sort of started, whether it was Super Super Sixes it started at, then Super mm. Tens, and it evolved, and uh, you had to have a name. Tell me, you're not you're not that old to play Super Sixes, were you, Timmy? I played very early on in uh, the late late sort of eighties. We used to play against Fiji, and uh, we, also, we used to always play against Canterbury. So the, where the Crusaders yes. are from now? Gee, I like that old uh, old school. That would have been terrific. New South Wales playing Queensland. The koalas against the Waratahs. <laughs> Be afraid. <laughs> Be very afraid. You want rugby? Listen to the Ruck. Brought to you by Sportscraft for Men. When you step off the field, step into Sportscraft. Ex Queensland Reds. Ex Wallabies. Tim Horn. Ex Waratahs captain, Australia's most capped fullback ever, Matt Burke. It's got to be a try. This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. Robbie Dean's uh, Australian super coach. He does get around, and I, I, what I do like about those guys, and you know, it's part of the responsibility. I was uh, involved uh, this week with just a, a schoolboy boy rugby lunch. 
And there's the coach of the Wallabies at the lunch talking to this crowd and spending the entire afternoon, you know, helping out. It was terrific to see him him do it. What was uh, an emotional moment when we talked about what was happening with the World Cup this year and, of course, him coming and having family from Christchurch and having coached there, uh, the fact that he'd been there last week and had a look at Christchurch uh, uh, post-earthquake and saying that half of the city he thinks will be condemned won't ever be able to be built on again mm. uh, and of course they've now lost apart from uh, so much of their lives they've lost seven games for the World Cup and they've lost a couple of quarterfinals because structurally there's just not enough uh, the buildings aren't safe enough Timmy it's a uh, it's tough times there and it also obviously will affect the, the Wallabies it was going to be their home base yeah, will do. And just talking about Robbie Deans, he's a great ambassador for the for the game, and and he goes to all the country areas around uh, Australia promoting rugby union and and the way he does it. He was up here on in, in Brisbane on Friday night mm. uh, to watch the Rebels play the Reds. He f- jumped on a plane and went down to Mudgee. Uh, on uh, Saturday morning. He's in Mudgee for yesterday. He actually uh, coached an international 15 against an old sort of rugby uh, wallaby sort of team. And then he'll be back in, in, in Sydney today to sort of look at and review the game. So, um, but talking about Christchurch, yeah, it's obviously, it's probably been overshadowed a little bit in the last sort of, you know, couple of days what's happened in Japan. But certainly it's been devastated. The seven games were going to be played in Christchurch of two quarterfinals now will be played in Auckland. And also the five pool matches that were going to be played in Christchurch. It looks like Martin Steddon, the head of uh, Rugby World Cup in New Zealand, there looks like probably at least four of those five pool matches will be played in the South Island. So I, I suppose a bigger problem than the Wallabies um, having to sort of house their their team probably in Auckland is all the tour groups, all the people mm. that are going over there to watch mm. the games will have to look at different accommodation. But what about then, say Wallabies for example? They were going to be based down there. It was going to be sort of the the, the Robbie the, the coming home of Robbie Dean, so to speak, in a, in a gold jersey. I, I think they'll still go down there. I think they'll still spend a period of time down there, you know, say say three or four days before. I mean, if they're only taking a, a, a small domestic flight, I'm sure they can get around. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, what's to say they, they can't move it out of the city but be around that Canterbury region, so to speak, because it would make so much of a thing and, a, and an effort, morale-boosting effort for, for, for everyone around then the All Blacks. Then, then the question: the All Blacks. How much pressure is on them to be able to take to the public as well? Well, well, really, the d- disruption for the Wallabies, Berkey, will be that. And as you know, previous years in previous World Cups, they send two or three management over about a year to eighteen months out, actually to go and look at hotels, look at training paddocks, look at where the best scrum machine will be, who the liaison officers will be, who the support network around. Um, where the Wallabies will be based. So they have to try and rejig that now and try and find training grounds that's suitable for what they want to do in Auckland. But uh, I imagine you're right, though, given what I saw of Robbie Deans the other day and the emotion he was showing. And he, he, he was literally tearing up, what, mm. just talking about how important that place and what you know, it means to him. I'm sure he'll do as much as he possibly can uh, within the Wallaby organisation and individually uh, to be there and to be some sort of presence, I'd imagine. Well, I think the IRB has to do something, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think they can neglect Christchurch at all. I think they've got to be able to get down there and do something. And, and as you said to me, all the accommodation, all the people, all the... What about the, the, the Cantabrians who have tickets, who now don't know what to do with the tickets, I suppose? You know, there's, you know do they get shifted up to, to walk on the rest of it? So, logistically, it's going to be, you know, incredibly tough to, to please everyone at the same time. And I think they had to make a call early on. That was the, that was the the issue. Is you have to make a call now, so that the teams and also the, the the touring parties, the supporters, the tour groups, everyone has time to obviously make sure that they can they can put their itineraries back in place. Mate, Timmy, just a quick one, just a, a little bit of a digression. Yeah, you're talking about the managers going over. We went to France one year, and uh, the managers went over there in the peak of summer. 
put us down on the south of France, outstanding. We get there in winter. It was all <laughs> shut up. It was about two degrees. But they said, yeah, they're going to go to the best place in the south of France. Yeah, mate, well done. <laughs> Found them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. At the Ruck Show. All right, we're wrapping it up now for another week on the Ruck. Uh, the man beside me, Matty Burke, has sleeping in the car because he's been covering the Six Nations. Just quickly, uh, what happens? All wrapped up there? It's all done. It's all done and dusted, uh, Tony. Uh, England were this, the Six Nations champions. Yep. Um, after a defeat, though, to Ireland, unfortunately. Uh, that was the middle game today. It was 24-8. Ireland played outstanding. It was a great game to watch. The first game was Scotland, 21 over 8. Uh, Italy, uh, unfortunately, the Italians played their their final last week against France and got that win up. And the last game, France were too good for for Wales, twenty eight nine after Livermont called them all cowards. So well under them, beautiful. Well, well c- certainly uh, t- talking to the UK, that one of the big games uh, this weekend coming up will be the Crusaders are taking their game against the Sharks to Twickenham. So that's the first time it's ever been taken out of the country. So they're expecting at Twickenham about fifty to sixty thousand people. There's so many expats, Springbok expats there, New Zealand expats. So I think it's a wonderful occasion mm. for for Super Rugby to do it. Uh, not not the great circumstances of what's happened in Christchurch, but certainly it's going to open up the uh, the game over in the UK for uh, Southern Hemisphere rugby. Other big games coming up, Brumbies, Waratahs in Canberra, the Reds versus the Cheetahs in Brisbane uh, on Saturday afternoon. Also, the Force will all also take on the Stormers in Cape Town. Good-looking uh, weekend coming up of rugby. Not such good weather, but get out and kick the footy around anyway. This is the Ruck. Enjoy your week. We'll be back next time. See, See ya. Later.